Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Amen. Welcome to Liberty Christian Church International. We are excited about today. Anybody excited about the word today? Uh, let, let me hear you. Are you excited about the word today? Uh, anybody excited about the word of God as we as we continue with this series that we've been talking about in the life of David? Somebody say David. We have been in this series dealing with pursuing the heart of God. Somebody say pursue the heart of God. Pursuing the heart of God and, and understanding just what it means to, to, to chase after God like never before. To chase after him like none other. To chase after him with a deliberate heart and to chase after him like you've never done anything else. Anybody ever chase somebody? You know, when you're in, when you're in school and you chase after one another in tag, right? You, you chase them and you're trying to get them. You're trying to catch them because they need to be it. Amen. And so this morning, I want us to chase after God as if we're looking for God to be it. It where? It in our lives. It in our hearts. It in our minds. It in all that we do. And in the process of chasing after God, I want us to continue down this journey and seeking his heart. I want us to make sure that as a church, we are grasping the principles and the substance, not just the emotional enjoyment of the message. Any, anybody have, has been in a place where they're uh, emotionally enjoying this message, emotionally enjoying what we've talked about. We've talked about the courage of God. We've talked about the grace, uh, a, courage, uh, a heart of courage. We've talked about a heart of grace. We've talked about a heart that is designed and situated to do the things of God. And last week, we even talked about God in a loving aspect. And this morning, I want to step a little bit a little bit further this morning, because no matter how excited you get, and no matter how much you share the word with someone else, guess what? If you are not making this practical in your life, it's falling on deaf ears. It's falling, it's becoming irrelevant in your life. So this morning, I want us to adopt a mind mindset and a principle that I am making this word relevant in my life. I'm making it useful and practical. I don't just want to shout and jump on Sunday. I don't want to just make it uh, make it do what it do here and we jump and shout and jump around and lift our hands up and enjoy the word, but it has to become practical in our lives. Somebody say practical. See, practical word means that, that I'm taking the application of what I'm hearing on Sunday and I'm applying it on Monday. I'm applying it when I go to work. I'm for kids. I'm applying it when I go to school. I'm, uh, I'm applying it when I'm dealing with my parents. I'm applying it when I deal with my spouse. I'm applying it when I deal with my uh, co-workers. I'm making the word that I'm hearing practical in my life, practical to the standpoint that, that when I'm facing challenges, when I'm facing obstacles, 
I can rely back on what I just heard this past Sunday, or I have a reservoir built up that is depend that is grabbing hold of what I've been storing in there. Because no matter what you think and no matter what you say, the word of God is living today as well as next week, today as well as next year. Stuff you've heard three years ago can be applicable right now in your life if you have deposited in your reservoir. So, uh, so, so part of this practical use is making sure and ensuring that we are operating with a faithful heart. Somebody say faithful hearts. See, this word faithful, I need you to get and need you to understand, is defined as loyal, constant, and steadfast. Loyal, constant, and steadfast. If you're online with us, I need you to be my, my eyes and my ears. I need you to be my secretaries this morning. I need you to be that person that, that can help with the notes and taking the notes for me because we do not have our main computer and it's not functioning, operating, so you cannot see my notes or my points this morning, but I'm going to assume that you were a good student in class at note-taking. I'm going to assume that you were great at, at because I know we could pass notes, but can you take a note? So, so this morning, I'm going to need you all to be my eyes and my ears for, for, for our on, online audience. Or even if you're here in attendance, I need you to be my eyes and my ears. Because like I said, once again, when we're talking about a faithful Christian, I'm going to come down a couple of different streets this morning because I want to talk about faithful Christian from a standpoint of leadership. I want to talk about a faithful Christian. Christian from the standpoint of just a regular partner of the church. I want to talk about faithfulness as far as you are in your, as far as who you are in your life and what it is in your plan and the plan that God has for you. Somebody say faithful. See, this word faithful, once again, is defined as loyal, constant, and steadfast. And in there lies most of our personal conflict. Why? Because I need you to ask yourself these questions, or many of these questions we ask ourselves. How do I remain loyal when I'm hurt? Uh, somebody needs to. Somebody has been questioning themselves about that simple phrase and that simple statement. How do I remain loyal when I'm hurt? If faithful is defined as loyal, constant, and steadfast, how do I remain loyal when I'm hurt? Not only that, how how do I remain constant when everyone else around me comes and goes as they please? How do I remain constant in my life or constant in the lives of others when everybody around me comes and goes as they please? They walk in and out of my life on their own will. They, they say what they want to say to me. When I need them, they're not there for me. When I'm, when, I, when I'm challenged or when I'm going through, they have their own issues and I understand that. But when I need help, I'm, I, nobody's there for me. So they don't remain constant in my life. Even though when they call on me, I'll drop everything and run to them. Anybody ever had issues like that? And, and then how do I remain steadfast when, I'm si when I simply want to give up? Any, anybody ever felt like giving up? Anybody ever felt like that they have nothing else to, to live for, nothing else to, 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 to stand for? And, and it just simply gets to a place where you feel like giving up. So this morning, I want us to take a, a look at this word, faithful, and this mindset 
of having a faithful heart. And we're going to look at scripture this morning and, and, and see if we can understand or get a better understanding of what having a faithful heart means. I, I told y'all once again that we don't have our uh, we don't have our computer. So I need you to pull up in your Bibles. Matter of fact, before we even get started, lift up your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you may have and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you. That I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to jump back into the Old Testament. I've been in the Old Testament a lot lately because I need to set a foundation for you as a kingdom citizen. You are kingdom citizens, correct? You have given your life to Jesus Christ and you've assumed and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. So that gives you kingdom citizen. For most of you, when you were born, you became a citizen of the United States or the citizen of whatever country you're in. When you were born, you were that that is the mindset and that's the citizenship that you have. But as a child of God, when you receive Jesus Christ in your life and you are born again, you, you begin to obtain dual citizenship. You begin to obtain citizenship in the place that you physically live, but in the spiritual realm, you have now given your life over to Christ and so you become a kingdom citizen. Somebody declared that I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a kingdom citizen. So, so this morning, as we look at the word, as, as, as we dive into this, I need you to see this. And we're going to be looking at the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, looking at the 17th chapter. We're going to be looking at the 14th through the 20th verse, the 14th through the 20th verse. That's Deuteronomy 17, looking at verse 14 through 20. And it says this. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you and you possess it and live in it and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among you, uh, one from among your countrymen, you shall set as king over yourselves. You may not put a foreigner over yourselves who is not your countryman. Moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Since the Lord has said, to you, you shall never again return to return that way. He shall not multiply wives for himself or else his heart will turn away, nor shall he greatly increase silver and gold for himself. Verse number 18. Now it shall come about when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of Levitical priests. Verse number 19. It shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life and that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of the law of this law and these statutes 
Not only that, in verse number 20, it says that his heart may not be lifted above his countrymen and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left so that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. Once again, I want to talk to you from the subject, the topic, the topic of faithful heart. And we see right now that, that, that we're looking at uh, Moses as he's giving the children of Israel a, a, new, uh, a new mindset, a new opportunity, a new chance to, sip, to begin a new nation, to become a new nation. And as we see this, uh, our text takes place during a time of transition for the children of God. Uh, the laws are being established for a new nation. The children of God have never been in a place absent from the rule of Pharaoh, uh, even though they knew Jehovah God. Does that sound familiar to you? We often say we are Christians and children of God, but struggle mightily living outside the bounding laws of sin. The bounding laws of sin. We, we, we come to the cross. We, we, we get close to Jesus Christ. We, we get into his presence, but there becomes a, a challenge and a struggle to live outside of his will, to live outside of the will of the world because we're chasing after so much worldly things in our life. So now we're, we're, we're struggling constantly. We're struggling with being faithful. We're struggling with being consistent. We're struggling with all these things simply because we're operating in two kingdoms and not establishing which one has dominion over us. Somebody say a faithful heart. This morning, as we, as we deal with this, uh, at breaking this bounding law of sin over our lives, we got to realize that Scripture teaches us that whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. The, the, the Bible tells us, so, so our text this morning tells us this simple thing. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you and you possess it, do what? Live in it. Uh, I, I, I need to deal with some people this morning because you have authority and you have a right to live in this place that God has promised you. You have authority and you have right to be kingdom citizens. You have an authority and you have a right to operate in, in the best of God. You have an authority and a right to be just what God has called you to be. You have an authority and a right to do everything that God has purposed you to do, what he's destined you to do. No matter how it looks, no matter what the enemy throws at you, you have a purpose and a right to be to operate with a faithful heart, believing God's word is true in your life. Because we believe that God's promises are what? Yea and amen. So if God's promises are yea and amen, no matter what the enemy throws at your way, no matter what the enemy says to you, no matter how bad your children get, no matter how bad your spouse gets, no matter what your job tells you, no matter what your family does to you, you have a divine right and a divine principle to live with a what? A faithful heart to God. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, he shall perform it. So somebody needs to realize this morning, just because it looks bad in your life, just because you didn't get the yes that you expected, just because it seems like people are walking away from you, just because you seem like you're the only one that's loyal in your circle, just because it seems like you're the only one that's consistent on your job, just because it seems like you're the only one that's steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the word of God in your church, that you have a divine right 
and a divine assignment to operate with a faithful heart. Somebody say, I got to operate faithfully. I got to operate faithfully in my life, no matter what it looks like, no matter what they tell me, no matter what the enemy tries to throw my way. I have to remain faithful to God's word in, in season and in out of season, on good days and on bad days. When I wake up in the morning with an attitude, I still got to remain faithful to God. Why? Because our text this morning tells us simply this. When you enter the land in which the Lord your God gives you and you possess it and live in it and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are who are around me. So let's deal with this real quick. We, we see this from a physical sense, but spiritually, do you realize that when God blesses us and gives us a land to possess, we make the mistake of putting the wrong type of king over our life, to put a wrong type of king over that situation. See, 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 we, 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 we ask God to bless us with a house, and the first thing we want to do is turn up. We ask God to bless us with a brand new car. And the first thing is we want to run and grab everybody and run out to the club and have drinks and, and do all manner of things. When, we're, when, when in essence, God has given us something to possess. And the first assignment that we have to do is what? Make God our king over that assignment, over that possession. And see, when, 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 when uh, Moses was talking to the children of Israel, he was setting them up for, for, for future success in their life. Uh, he wanted to make sure that they did not run back to what they used to know, what they used to do, how they used to operate, how they used to be. So, so we wanted to make sure that with a faithful heart, they, start, they still stayed steadfast to God because God was the one that brought them out of what? Out of bondage of Egypt. He was the one that brought them out of slavery. He was the one that fed them with manner. He was the one that provided for them while they were in their wilderness moments. How many if you have ever been in a wilderness moment where you did not know where your next was coming from from God, where you did not know where your, where, when you needed help, who was going to help you, when you did not know what it was that God was going to do, but you was willing to walk because you believed God, you believed in his word, you believed that he was there with you, you believed through all of these situations that he was there. But what has happened so much in our society is that once we get it, we turn it over to somebody else to lead and guide us. And then we only show up in church on Sunday. We only show up on church and, and we get a new car. We get the brand new job. And because we need, we feel like that we need more of a resource than surrendering to the source, we turn away and say, I can't work Sundays no more. I mean, I can't come to church Sundays no more because I got to be at work. I need this extra money. When God said, when are you going to give me the best of you so that I can continue to bless you? And then, and then we wonder why when, when, when things go wrong, well, God, God bless me with this, but who did did you turn over authority to after God blessed you? Oh, I, I know this don't sound cute to everybody. I hope it's challenging you to think about some things in your life. Even in the lives of your kids, you ask God over and over again. You were like Elizabeth. You were like uh, 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 Samuel's mother. You constantly went to God saying, God, bless me with this child. But yet and still, you won't surrender that child back to God. You won't dedicate your child back to God. You constantly walk around 
around. Well, I don't know about doing all that dedication stuff. I don't know about giving my child back to God. God bless me with them, and I'm going to take care of them. But when are you going to honor God with the possessions that he's giving you? We, 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 we know the story of Abraham and Isaac where God took him, where Abraham went and laid him on the altar. His, his son that God had promised him, he laid him on an altar. But this is the faithfulness of Abraham. Faithfulness said, God, you gave him to me. God, I couldn't do this of my own. So God, if you want him, I'm giving him back to you. And in the midst of that faithfulness, what did we see God do? We saw God give him the provisions to make the right sacrifice. God said, because you are faithful, because you love me, I will pour out. I will bless you. I will put a ram in your bush. How many people need a ram in their bush right now? How many people understand that the faithfulness of God will produce a ram in your bush in the midst of your situations? You wonder why God is continuously blessing you. You wonder why God is continuously doing for you. He's simply saying to you, when will you have a faithful heart to serve me? I, I, I need you to understand this. So, so now, God, it, it, when we get to this place of saying, God, thank you for the house, and God, thank you for the car, and God, thank you for the brand new job, and God, thank you for all these other provisions that you've given me. God, I'm, 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 I'm grateful for it, but, but, but God, I'm doing something else right now. We got to get out of our mindset of simply saying, God, I'm thankful, but I got to do something else. God, I'm thankful, but I'm going in another direction. God, I'm going to take control of this for a minute because now once we see this and we understand this, when we look at this scripture, there are some things that we have to realize that we have to be faithful to God about. And, and, and I told you, I wish I could put this up on the screen real quick because it, it's, some, it's some major stuff that, that I got for you this morning. And, and I'm hoping that, that, you can, that you can visually understand or visually see it in your mind just what it is that God is going to do with you. See, see, we have to be faithful to God in certain areas of our life. The number one area I need you to see is God's plan for me. I have to be faithful to God's plan for me, that God, God's purpose in my life, what God expects me to do, how God has orchestrated and written my life out. I have to be faithful to God's plan for me. And not only do I have to be faithful to God's plan, but God's placement of me. Uh, yeah, we, we got to be faithful to God's plan for me and, fa and faithful to God's placement for me. Why? Because this scripture says in the, in, in the 16th verse, moreover, well, actually, if you go back to that, that, that 14th and 15th verse, it said what? It said that God is up when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you and you possess it and, it, and, and, and live in it and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me. Yeah, we, we, we see this, that God has a plan for you. Every, uh, can anybody testify? Will anybody lift up their hands and simply say, I believe that God has a plan for me. I believe that he has a plan for my life. I believe that I'm called to do something. I believe that even though I, it may look like I'm sitting in a dark place, but there is something greater in me. There is something that God is expecting of me, and God didn't just birth me. God didn't just allow me to be here just to be mediocre. I told you all, all over the last six weeks, we've been talking about 
living and operating in excellence. So so you got to realize that God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God lives and he, he lives and moves and have his being in who you are. So not only that, I got I need you to realize this. I need you to understand this for my people. I, I need you to grab hold of this real quick because there, there, there are a lot of things that we must realize about this procedure when we're talking about God's plan for you, when we're talking about God's sense, uh, sense for you. So, so, so now I, I, I've been trying to make sure that I could do this. So, so give me one second. We're going we're gonna to make sure that you can see these points this morning. Amen. We're, we're, we're back now, y'all. So, so now you all can see this. God's plan for me. God, I, I'm, I'm paying attention to God's plan for me, what, what, what is God's plan for you? What is it that God is looking for you to do? And, and once again, it's simply this. We, we, we got to realize that the place that he has for me and the placement he has for me, we are able to tap into. We're able to put it back in his hands. The, the scripture once again told us what? That, that once you get to that place that God has promised you, that land that he's given to you, that possession that he's offered you, there has to be an opportunity for you to simply give it back to him. Simply give it back to God. Give, give it back to God because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the one that you submitted your life to. And not only that, God's plan for me supersedes anything that the enemy tries to throw at me. And do I have a witness this morning? Do I have somebody that can believe that God's plan for me supersedes what the enemy tries to throw at me? The person who left out my life, the, the person who said I'll never be nothing. Anybody ever had that person in their life? Any adults ever had somebody in a relationship that said you'll never be nothing? A parent that said you'll never be nothing? A brother or sister that said you'll never be nothing? Uh, Because who God called you to be does not require others to agree with it. Somebody declared that. Who God called me to be does not require others to believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need you to believe it. I need you to grab hold of it because I need you to get this because God's plan will do what? Give you your placement. God's plan for you will give you your placement. A lot of you wonder why you've gone through the challenges in life that you face, the things that you've gone through, the issues that you've come through, the issues that are bothering you right now, because it's God's, uh, God is allowing the placement so that he can pull out the gift. Oh, somebody missed what I just said. God is allowing your placement so he can pull out your gift. Your placement is is not meant to be comfortable for you. Your placement is not meant to always agree with what you want. Your placement is not always meant to give you uh, flowers and, 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 and the, nice, the nice view or the nice perspective. God's placement for your life requires the oil to be pulled. Mm. The oil that, that we anoint with, the oil that we say flows through us has to go through a process of being crushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody missing this. The, the oil has to go through a placement of being put in a crusher, a strainer, and pushed down so that it can produce 
that which is supposed to produce. You going through so much hell in your life that if you really understand God's placement or God's plan for your life and the placement that he has in your life, then you can realize that while you're being crushed, God is pulling the anointing out. Mm -mm -mm. I, I know that it's hard to say this. I know that it's hard to believe this, but I dare somebody declare that God crushed me for my anointing. God, God squeezed me for my anointing. God pulled out my anointing. And, and his placement for you might seem like it's unsustainable. This placement for you might seem like it's, un, it, 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 it's, it's doing so much damage to you. But if the word of God says that I'll, that I'll never put more on you than you can bear, that means God is going to crush you so that he can get the, uh, he's allowing the crushing so he can get the anointing. He's allowing your pressing so he can pull out of you what you won't release. He's a see the oil is already in the olive. As the olive grows from the olive tree, the oil is already in the olive. But this is the thing. The olive does not want to release the oil until it's quick, until it's squeezed. Anybody love orange juice? Anybody love a uh, 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 freshly squeezed orange juice? That orange juice is already inside that orange. But until, until that orange is what? Squeezed. Oh, until, everybody loves orange slices for the most part. But until that orange is peeled, you'll never get the orange slice. Until that orange is cut. Oh, see, somebody missing what I'm saying. Until that orange is cut, you'll never get what it produces out of it. You'll never get the vitamin C. That orange is filled with vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Vitamin C heals. Vitamin C is one of the super fruits that, that helps fight off disease and, and all manners of stuff that, that comes against your body. When you have the flu, what do they tell you to do? Take vitamin C. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so, so let me break this down a little bit more. So if I don't crush that orange, we don't get vitamin C. If that orange is not crushed, my body is not healed. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with this this morning. The faithfulness of God says that I believe that orange has what it's supposed to have on the inside of it, but I believe by faith that as God crushes that orange, it's releasing just what I need. So with your life, the, the, God says, I created you with purpose. I created you with intention. I created you with promise. But I got to squeeze you because the promise is not just for you. Uh, the promises are not just for your family. But the promises allow you to be squeezed so we can get out of you what I need as far as your placement in the earth. So the crushing you're going through is not just producing for you, but it's producing for your family. It's producing for your household. It's producing for your next generation. It's producing for your legacy. It's producing for your destiny. So somebody declare, I gotta be faithful to the press. I gotta be faithful to the press. I gotta be faithful to the press because understand this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only do we have to be faithful to God's plan for me or God's placement for me, but get this, we got to be faithful to God's power for me. Hmm. 
We got to be faithful to God's power for me. Yeah, God's, God's power. In verse number 16 and 17, it says this, Moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt and multiply horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never again return that way. Verse number 17 says this, He shall not multiply wives for himself, or else his heart will turn away, nor shall he greatly increase silver and gold for himself. What Moses was establishing, that the king has to have a heart for the people, a faithful heart to, to the people and not just about himself. He has to have a faithful heart uh, to understand just what it means to be in authority and be in power. Too often do we miss the mark of who God has called us to be because we simply want the power but not understand what the power is meant to do. When you're a child of God, when you're serving God, the power is not meant just for you, for your own, uh, for your own pleasure. A king that's placed over your life, the, when you surrender your life to God and when you surrender him and give it to him to be who he's supposed to be in your life and you give him full dominion and full reign over it, God does not just simply say, oh, they've given it to me. Now I'm just going to take everything they have and do what I want to do with it. God says there's a purpose I gave that to them. There's a purpose I, 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 I placed them in that house. There's a purpose I placed them in that region. There's a purpose I placed them in that job. And if they, uh, if they abide in me, if they, if they really seek my face about their life, I'm going to show them just what I've called them into that region for. What is God? What, what God's power for you releases the provisions to, to, uh, to, to, to take over a region. Yeah, God's power in you is not just for flash and for show. What did I say Thursday, Wednesday night for Bible study? It's not just to, it's not for the impression that it makes. It's not to impress a person, but it's here to impact a person. It's here to impact a region. God's power for you is not just for somebody to say, wow, look at what God is doing in their life. It's for someone to say, I, wanna, I, I, I want that thing that you have that makes you look different, Deacon Estancy. I want that thing in my life that makes you stand out, Taylor. I want that thing that in, in, in my life that makes, you, that makes it seem or, or it shows me that I can be greater than what I used to be, Taylor. I, I want that thing in my life that, that, that makes me stand out amongst my peers, Autumn. I want that thing in my life to make me stand out, Bradley. I want that thing in my life to make me stand out, Carter. I want that thing from God in my life that's going to change the dynamic of what people think about me. God's power working in my life releases things, Cherie. God's power in my life releases things, Veronica. God's power in my life releases provisions that no man else can give me, no man can do for me. God's power in my life, Gina, changes the way I think about life. The God's power in my life, uh, Pastor Lewis, changes the way of, of how I operate. 
So I got to be faithful to God's power in me. I got to be faithful to his anointing in me. I got to be faithful to God's plan for me. I got to be faithful to God's placement for me. Because when I'm faithful to God, he's faithful and just that he shall perform it in my life. Uh, do you understand? When you're, it, It's counterproductive. It, it's it, it's it works in a clockwise fashion. God's faithful to me, I'm faithful to him. God's faithful to me, I'm faithful to him. So no matter what it seems like, it's a revolving loop of my blessing. It's evolving, it's a uh, evolving loop for my impact in this world. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so, so I got to be faithful to God's plan for me. Uh, yeah. There, there, there are some people who have been faithful to God's plan all of their life. My godmother, who's in Jasper, Florida, and she's tuned in right now, that all of my life I've known her to be faithful to God. No matter what the situation was, she's faithful. When it looks like, like it's darkness, she's faithful. Mm. There's a provision that God says that when you're faithful to me, he said, I make, if you are faithful over what? Few things, I'll make you ruler over much. Have you been faithful over few things in your life? God's power, God's placement, God's plan. But not only that, you have to be faithful to God's person to you. Mm. Be faithful to God's person for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you believe that that person that's sitting right next to you is the person that God had for you, you got to be faithful to that. See, too often does God give us the possession and we put the wrong person there and then say, God, why did everything get torn up? God, you, you, God gave you all the signs. But, but that thing says, God's person for me. I got to be faithful to God's person for me. Are, are you faithful to God's person? Now, 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 let's deal with leadership real quick. Are you faithful to that leader that God has placed over your life? Are you faithful to the promise or, or, or what you saw on their life that led you to them? Or are you there for your own agenda? Are you there for your own purpose? Are you there for your own accolades? Are you there for your own elevation? Or are you faithful to God's person for you. It, 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 we can go down the line. Are you married to that person you're married to because that's God's person to you or for you? Or are you married or engaged to that person because they simply make you feel good? Are you faithful to God's person for you when they don't when, when they're going through their bad season in life? Yeah, 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 yeah. For better or for worse. For richer and poor, in sickness and in health, till death do you part. Are you faithful to God's person for you when, they're, when, when they stink? Mm. 
when their behavior stinks? Are you anointing their, the bedpost where they sleep at? Are you anointing the pillow that they lay on? Are you praying over them? The Bible says that a sanctified husband sanctifies his wife and a sanctified wife sanctifies her husband. Are you praying over that person when they seem like they're living in the pit of hell if that's God's person for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you giving yourself and are you laying prostrate for them on their behalf? Or are you just looking for the best time of your life. Family and friends and mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles. Are, if God placed them in your life and you believe that God has them situated in position to walk with you, are you faithful with them when they're going through? Or are you that person that turns your back on them? And talks about them. Are you the person that gossips? Are you the person that snickers and laughs and constantly says, uh, I told you that this was going to happen? See, too often in, in, in lives of relationships, do you have that friend that said, girl, I told you he was going to do this. I told you, man, why, why, I told you she would treat you that way. I told you this would go on. But have you learned to be faithful if you have listened to the voice of God and that's the person that God has told you that was meant for you? Are you being obedient to the voice of God? Are you being obedient to the voice of, what, of who, who has been placed there for you? God's person for you. It, are you being obedient? Because it does not mean that it's coming with bells and whistles right now. They may have to struggle. They may have to break some generational things in their life. There may be some, there may be some generational curses. There may be some strongholds they battle with. And, and, and yet and still, if that's the person that God has for you, are you willing to intercede on their behalf? Are you faithful to who the person that God has for you? Why are you saying, Pastor, no, I'm, I'm too old for that. Pastor, I, I, I done been through relationship and re, after relationship. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through this. I don't feel like struggling with this anymore. But let me ask you this. Does God still struggle with you when you go through your mess? Is God still faithful to you when you go through your mess? Is God still faithful to you when you turn your back on him constantly? Is God still faithful to you when he blesses you and you walk away from him and you walk back into the arms of the world? Is God still faithful to you when, 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 when everything about you, it was given to you by him, but you turn it over to something that's not of God? Where is your faithful heart lying at? Because not only that. The Bible says in verse number 16, moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself. But I want to get to this point. He said, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never again return that way. Mm. He didn't say you might. At the end of that, he said, you shall never 
again return to that way. So God's person for you will not send you back into the hill to the hell that you just came out of. He will not send you back to the place that you got delivered from. He will not send you back to that place that's been causing you all the turmoil in your life. God's person for you, God's man or woman of God is not going to make you relive over and over again what you've had, what you've been delivered from. God's person for you will not continue to tell you that you haven't come out of your bondage. God's person for you will simply declare over you the word of the Lord that you are ahead and not beneath that you're above and not beneath that you are the what the lender and not the borrower that you have been delivered that your strongholds have been broken that your uh, that the affliction that you've gone through you've been delivered from the person of God will constantly speak the word of affirmation over your life the person of God will see you going through the midst of it and said I called you healed I called you delivered I called you blessed even while you're in the midst of that situation, the person of God will not send you back to that place that you were in again. The person of God will never again make you return that way. Paul said it best that forgetting those things which what? Which are behind me. I need you all to do a quick thing for me real quick. Look, look back. Look, look, look behind you real quick and tell those things I've, I'm forgetting about you because I'm being faithful to God. I'm being faithful to what I've done. Or I'm being faithful to what God's promise is for me. And I'm forgetting what the enemy has caused me to do or what I've given life to the enemy about. I'm faithful to God's word. I'm, I'm operating with a faithful heart. And last but not least, and I'm done. I got to be faithful to God's provisions for me. I got to be faithful to God's provisions for me. I told you, God's provisions. What is God blessing you with? What is God talking to you about? How is God opening up doors in your life? Are you faithful to those things? They, they may not look flashy. They may not uh, uh, come with all the, the glitter and glamour that the world has thrown at you, but God's faithful word, his provisions for you, he, how is he releasing into your life? What has he been doing for you? The, the, the provisions, we're, we're not just the people that live, uh, that, 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 are, that are operating under uh, a mediocre God. God said, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and do what? Pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I dare somebody open up your arms and say, God, pour out your blessing in my life. Pour out your provisions on my life because I'm going to be faithful to your provisions for me. I'm going to be faithful that you bless me with my home so that I could be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going to be faithful that you bless me with the job you gave me, with the income and the resources that you gave me so that I can be a good steward, but I can also pour back into the kingdom. I can pour into the lives of those that are less fortunate. I'm going to be faithful with the provisions that you've given me and the mouth, that the voice that you've given me, the gift that you've given me, the blessing, the anointing that you squeezed out of me. If I be faithful with the provisions for me, God, I'm going to serve you like never before. I dare somebody begin to serve, to say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful with your provisions. God, I'm serving you with 
with my whole heart. God, I'm not looking for my own accolades, but unto the Lord is which I do it for. God, I'm not worried about who calls my name in recognition. I'm not worried about how much time I get the microphone. I'm not worried about how much time or how many people are saying are liking this or, or not liking this. God, I'm not worried about all these other things. God, your provisions for me, God. I'm standing on your promise. Your provisions for me, God, that you brought my life back from the pit of hell. Your provisions for me that you healed me when I was sick. Your provisions for me when you cleared my mind up when I did not have a right mind. Your provisions for me that, that, that no matter what the enemy throws at me, yet shall I stand, yet shall I rise when the enemy comes in like a flood. Your provision is that you raised up a standard in my life. Your provisions for me that when the enemy walks in my way, that yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil. That is God's provision. When the Bible says that I prepare a table for before you in the presence of your enemy, that's God's provision for you. What is God's provision for you in your life that you need to be faithful to? He said, my cup overfloweth and surely the best provision that I can have in my life are three things. In Psalms 23, he said, surely Guess what? This provision, I, I need somebody that's going to shout for a minute. This provision I'm talking about. He said, surely grace and mercy shall follow me. Surely when I mess up, mercy is walking behind me to pick up my mistakes. Surely when it seems like I should not have God's repentance at Christ's expense, his grace is walking with me. Surely when God says that, I, that, that, I, that, that, that I'm, I'm a wretch undone but his blood of his son that died on Calvary's cross brought me. Surely that's the best provision that you can have is the blood of Jesus that was shed for your sin. Surely his provision that a man died on an old rugged cross that he was nailed to a cross surely the provision that said not only am I nailed to a cross for your sins but surely my provision said that early one morning I got about the grave and the grave could not hold me back surely the provisions of God I'm faithful to because he brought me out and not nobody else surely his provision for me I gotta be faithful to it I got to be faithful to it. Why? Because I'm operating with a faithful heart. I'm operating with a heart to serve. I'm operating with a mind to, to live in his overflow. I'm faithful to God's plan for me. I'm faithful to God's placement of me. I'm faithful to God's power for me. I'm faithful to God's person for me. And yet, most importantly, I'm faithful to God's provision for me. Are you faithful to God's provision? Are you faithful to his provision for you? Hallelujah. If all hearts and minds are full, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that you have saw fit to visit us this morning. 